This is Dispatches from the Frontline, readings from the diary of Sister Nan Ray, who served for four grueling years on the frontline of the battlefields of World War I, read by Geraldine Cook Daphna. Nineteen seventeen, October thirty first, Halloween, ops in AM. Parcel of bulbs arrived for me from Fletcher. Walked to the little village, about two shops and three houses. Had a Halloween party in our mess, to which we invited folk from Number Thirty Five Casualty Clearing Station. Great success. Fancy dress, apple bobbing and all, all happily singing Old Lang Syne when crash bang. It seems a bomb landed in the dunes just behind the hut. We sprawled on the floor. Two other visits before daylight. Bombs very near. Barrage terrific. And a perfect hail of shrapnel on our huts. No possibility of sleep. November 1st. Not busy. Glad to rest. Bed early, but disturbed by heavy barrage at midnight. November 2nd. Delightful walk to Bray Dunes by the sandy track. Saw little Mohammedan cemetery. Fritz again, but he fled before a thunderous barrage. November 3rd. Quiet day. Off duty half day. So went to Dunkirk and bought some bowls in which to grow my bulbs. Fritz at night. November 4th. Quiet morning. 3.30, Captain Edie. Tea party at number 36. Clear night, but quiet. November 5th. Heard from Matron about the anaesthetic course for sisters. We are so short of anaesthetists out here, the War Office proposes to let a certain number of sisters do a course of anaesthetics, so that they can relieve the doctors in theatre. Misty night, so no wings about. November 6. Have thought it over and feel I must send in my name for the anaesthetic course. I don't really want to do anaesthetics, but I know there is a crying need for it. Off duty, 2 to 5. Air full of rumours about our leaving this unhealthy spot. So sort it and pack some belongings. No raid. November 7th, rumour says we shall evacuate on 17th, up at 2pm. Went for a walk before dark. Quiet night. November 8th. Quiet morning. Sewed up bags of stock in Red Cross stores. Walked to Bray Dunes. Pipe band of Scots Fusiliers. Very fine. Have been advised by Principal Matron at base to withdraw my applicationary anaesthetics as I am need for theatre charge work. Very relieved as I am not keen on smothers. November 9th. Half day off duty, went to Marlow, walking Tutsurl, returned by beach, 6pm special reserve concert. One genius chose to recite, very dramatically, in costume, Fagan's Last Hours from Oliver Twist. A most ghastly choice for an audience whose nerves were already well on edge. Halfway through the recital, the warning gun sounded. Lights out immediately, and audience scattered in darkness, falling over everything, making for dugouts and cellars. Worst raid we've had yet. Terrible. Near bomb burst in isolation camp. 
another in sisters' quarters at number 36. Almost 20 bombs near at hand. Major McLean, Canadian surgeon, seriously wounded. Nine deaths. Three to four other casualties in labour camp next door. November 10th. Quiet day. But all very depressed. Heard about casualties at French Hospital. Major McLean died. He was quite close to the theatre where he had been working all day, just crossing to it, when he was hit. Although he was taken to the theatre and treated immediately, he collapsed. The femoral was severed. A good surgeon and a fine man. Cold, stormy night, no raids, but no sleep. November 11th. Still very cold but wet and stormy. 11am. Attended Major McLean's funeral. On duty in officers' division 2 to 5. Spent evening in arranging theatre stock, etc. And preparing for a move. Fritz over several times, but not very near. Another disturbed night. November 12th. Bright, frost a.m. Busy in theatre. Off two to five, went for a walk with Lehman and Woodhouse. Beach full of firing parties. Very exciting. Heavy guns all afternoon and evening. Fritz about for a short time. Bombs on Furn. Heavy bombardment all night. Very disturbing. November 13th. Glorious day, spoiled by heavy guns shelling our back roads. Fritz over all morning. Five planes at one time. Good anti-aircraft barrage. Bombs fell in Dunkirk. Blue sky and sunshine, but guns all the time. 5.30pm, Fritz over. With some of the others, I disappeared into our dugout. Bombs in the village. Snatched a late meal and returned to dugout. It is looking quite comfy with flooring boards and boxes to sit on, and some mats. Also, we have an oil stove, but that is rather suffocating, so we open the door now and then for air. It is dug in the side of a sand dune, and I guess a direct hit would smother us in an avalanche of sand. Bombardment continued till midnight. Then fog and peace. November 14th. Heard that four men were killed by bombs in special reserve camp nearby last night. Cloudy day. Sorted out and packed theatre stuff. Packed my own kit during PM. 10pm in bed, but had not been there half an hour when a warning Archie sent us along to the dugout. However, nothing happened. And we slept well. November 15th, finished packing theatre, everyone packing. Matron tells us we may go down tomorrow. November 16th, left Sudicut and spent an exciting day at Calais, night at Hotel du Nord. November 17th, arrived at Boulogne 10.30am. November 18th, reported to Deputy Director of Medical Services. Told I am to go on leave. Rang up matron at number 32 stationery. Went out there with the officer in command in a mess car. Splendid reception. Everyone quite wonderful to me. Tea with matron. Supper with CME in cottage. Spent a happy night in one of the little cubicles. Very peaceful. November 19th, reported to Deputy Director of Medical Services at 10am. At hostel, tea at women's club. November 21st, leave for Blighty, afternoon boat. 
November 22nd, splendid to be at home in London again. November 26th, Preston Baggett House, Warwickshire, home of Arthur D. Onslow, Military Cross. November 29th, return to London. December 1st, busy morning shopping and dentist. 12.30, train to Lyndhurst. Met by Baroness Ida Deville and the Baron and driven to their beautiful new forest home. Lovely walk before dinner and long talk before the fire till bedtime. December 2nd, very cold, bright morning. Started in Landau at 10.45am and after dropping the Baron and Ida at church, was taken all around the schools of instruction. Afterwards, lovely drive through the forest to Rufus Stone. Court train 5.10pm. December 3rd, shopping, dentist and packing. December 4th, return to Boulogne. Went out to number 32 stationery, which I shall always consider as my GHQ. Stayed the night there. December 5th, reported to Deputy Director of Medical Services, I am not to go out to number 32 without special permission. So, called on Lady Dudley. Tea at Wimmerer Club. December 6th, movement orders for number 26 General Hospital, Etaple. Reported to Director of Medical Services and received necessary papers and instructions. Took opportunity of asking permission to visit number 32. Got it. Flying visit to bid them au revoir. 2.30pm, train to Etaple with Woodhouse, Lehman, Barnum and McCullen. December 7th, temporary duty at number 26 General Hospital, Ward C and D. December 13th, temporary night duty. Strange to be in wards and away from theatre. December 25th, an absolutely still white Christmas night. Snow everywhere after the heavy fall. Banks and drifts piled up and icicles sparkling in brilliant moonlight. A most exquisitely lovely night. On temporary duty at number 26 General Hospital at Etaple. Thank you for listening to Dispatches from the Frontline. This project was directed by Naomi Edwards, read by Geraldine Cook-Defner. Original music and sound design by Zoltan Fecho, with producing support from Tristan Meacham and voice editing by Alex Defner. The creative team gratefully acknowledges the support of the Victorian Government through the Community Support Fund and Public Record Office Victoria and Creative Victoria with Regional Arts Victoria through the Sustaining Creative Workers Initiative supported by all the Queen's men. We would like to thank the Selman family and in particular Meg Selman for allowing us to use Nanray's diary.